Oh, long day. Just did my taxes and uh, probably gonna have to do some laundry in a little while. Oh, hold on a second. I'm getting a phone call. It's an unknown number. I don't know who this is. Hello? Hi, is this the Bad Science Request Hotline? Bad Science Request Hotline? I don't think that... I mean, yeah, this is Bad Science, but how did you get this number? Um, I just wanted to put in a request. Um, if you could talk about Ice Age, the first what? one. Okay, but... That's my favorite movie. What? No, I like Ice Age too, but I'm a little bit confused. Did no, you find Ice this Age number? One. No, Ice Age 1. I know. I'm saying I like Ice Age as well. I'm asking you if you found this number online or through... How did you get... Did someone send you this number? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I was thinking that maybe you could have someone on talk about, like, if it's real or not. I think it is real, actually. Oh, and the squirrel. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I will... Sure, I'll do this episode... I'll do this episode about Ice Age, but please don't share this number with anyone. And, and tell me, what website did you find this on? Where did you find this number? Craigslist. Bad science. Craigslist. Did the movie get it right? Craig- Craigslist. Bad science. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bad Science. I'm Ethan Edinburgh, and today we're talking about 2002's Ice Age. Ray Romano, Don Leguizamo, Dennis Leary. Leary. Yeah, Ice Age. Uh, today I have two fantastic guests. One I've grown up with, so it's a pleasure to have you here in the studio. Uh, a true, a part of me is here sitting beside me. I feel like it's musician, comedian, member of the Cooties, of course, and uh, and co-host of the new hit fake financial comedy music podcast, Success Express, Eric Jackowitz. Wow. Whoa, what an intro. Should I say your middle name? Yes. Eric Julian Jackowitz. Mm. I just know too much about you. I could make this intro <laughs> so long and detailed yeah. and embarrassing, probably. You could. You, you want that? Come on. He loves blueberry chocolate weed edibles. Uh, Eric Julian Jackowitz. <laughs> Not on one right now, but... <laughs> we'll do one after the show. Absolutely. <laughs> and drive a vehicle. Hey, no, 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 no. Come on. Uh, so you're doing good. You're, have, you're having a great, a great I'm time. I'm doing great. You got your water. You got your sparkling water. I got a black cherry sparkling water. I also went with the black cherry sparkling water. Whoa. Excellent choice. We are meant to be together today. Already yes. have so much in common. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So black cherry sparkling water twin here. Yeah. We have a senior preparator at the La Brea Tar Pits and the current excavation, Project 23, Laura Tewksbury. Yep. Hi. That's Hi. Me. I said that right? I said you everything? You did. You did. Everything's okay. correct. You're perfect. Pretty rare. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mess up. <laughs> a good start. Okay, so let's talk about Ice Age because I, uh, Eric and I watched this last night together. Um, I think if I'm speaking for both of us, we had not seen this since it came out, oh, right? Wow. I'd never seen it, period. Oh, Eric had never <gasps> seen it, period. So, congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, you went through it. <laughs> I got what through was, it. What was your take on Ice Age? Well, <laughs> bad start. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a. A movie. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, definitely a film. A, a movie. Yeah. And it was a running time of 93 mi- minutes or so. <laughs> and um, I thought it was okay. Okay. A sterling review. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. And detailed. That's <laughs> okay. Um, you could tell that it was like immediately after uh, Toy Story that DreamWorks set up an animation department pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. It was and the first Blue Sky Studios production. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it looks like The Sims, 
or like a <laughs> right. or like a computer game. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. Yeah, it did kind of look like a Grand Theft Auto cutscene. <laughs> yes, the whole movie <laughs> looked like a video game. Max Payne, early like Xbox. With really good fur. Yeah, I yeah. The fur. With great fur and, and good snow. Yes. Yes, and at night or the rain, I felt like it did look really good. Yeah, absolutely. Texture okay. is very good. Yes. yes. So that's what I thought about it. Okay, great. Uh, Laura, <laughs> did you see it when it first came out? What were your impressions then? What are your impressions now? So I did see it when it first came out, and I remember because I had just been starting to work with Ice Age-type animals, uh-huh. and anytime I told people that I was working with those things, they're like, oh, dinosaurs, and I was like, no. <laughs> so I remember specifically when that movie came out because I all of a sudden people had this concept. They're like, oh, like mammoths and sloths? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, so it was very nice to finally have this frame of reference. And yes, I remember watching it for the first time being like, I love Three Men and a Baby. And now you added Ice Age Animals, and it makes me so happy. I said that last night. Yeah. I was like, this is like Three Men and a Baby, yeah. but animals. Yeah. 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 Cold. Very um, true. It was really all about that baby. Updated for an ancient audience. Absolutely. That yep. was an Ice Age joke, not the age of the people. <laughs> Children are not ancient. Right. Um, I know Ted Danson personally, and he's offended. <gasps> yeah. Oh no, Just but he has such Eric. wonderful t- bow ties. I know. Okay. <laughs> so sad. Um, but uh, I will also say that it is a regular movie that we watch in our break area. Because oh. my volunteers know that they are stuck with me and my choices. Uh, <laughs> so you so it's love definitely Ice one. Age. If you're I do. playing it, okay. I do. Great. And we've basically watched it in pieces all week long this week, yeah, including with director commentary. Wow. Because I was like, I just really want to do research. I want to remember everything. Yeah. And my volunteers were laughing at me because I still laugh every time I'm supposed to laugh. I still cry every time I'm supposed to cry. <laughs> wow. I Can am I the target audience that? for this movie. I want to ask you about that because I felt, usually I'm an easy crier with these movies, mm-hmm. animated movies. Like when they want me to cry, the music starts up. I know that they they want I me to do it. I can attest to this. We watched Coco together and cried oh, in each other's gosh. arms. Yeah, several times. It, it works every time with me, but in this movie, and I don't know if I was in the wrong state of mind or what, but people are crying in the movie. Right. Like they show uh, Ray Romano's character, Wooly Mammoth, uh, what's his Tearing name? Tearing up. Uh, Manny. Manny, thank you. Yeah, tearing. You see tears in his eyes, and then there's a part later where you see tears in the Neanderthal's eyes. So I, I may, that took me out of it. Maybe for they some were reason. forcing you to cry, being like, here's when to cry because this character's crying. Yeah, yeah. That upset me a little bit. I was like, hey, listen, man, I cry on my own. I don't need you. don't, you don't need, need to, to tell me when to cry. Don't feed me tears. I'm going to cry on my own. Whenever I the hell I want to, yeah, yeah, via music cue, <laughs> which the music was amazing. Yeah, um, but I will also say that part of that could be that they were making it more for a children's audience as well. Trying I don't to know give what them you mean. I felt it was an adult film, and I took it very seriously. Well, I believe it was originally intended to be more of an adult dramedy. You're right. Really? I read that. Yes, yeah. and then Fox said no unless they make it a children's comedy. Yes. Do you so. think they added the? Uh, rodent in the beginning and like throughout this, the movie, I like it to make it more childlike, and they Actually, made everything else. You know this? I know why they added it because it's in the director commentary. I just oh, of course. <laughs> um, because originally they were concerned that the whole like first thirty-seven minutes of the movie they didn't have any ice and lots of snow in it oh. and they were worried that audience expectation coming into a movie called Ice Age would want right. to see ice immediately. Yes, So the the scrat was actually all to try to have a way to have ice and snow in the very beginning mm-hmm. and wow. then it ended up testing so well in audiences that they brought it back for multiple scenes. Anytime you had this like more dramatic moment they would like sneak in a little comedy with scrat to kind of lighten yeah. it back up again. I like scrat. Me too, I like scrat as well. We performed at the uh, Montreal Comedy Festival 
And on the streets of Montreal during this festival, there's like these French Canadian silent performers with like big eyes. Yeah, yeah. Who are like making huge gestures. And I was like, this is like a French Canadian muskrat <laughs> street yeah. performer guy. It's true. Yeah. And, he was amazing. It was great. It was a lot more. And I think the director's daughter or somebody's daughter came up with the idea. That's and like, my understanding. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah they like. She combined a squirrel and a rat. They're like, oh, you should make a scrat character. Really? So that wasn't a real animal? Uh, that's actually a fun fact, too, because at the time, no, it was not a real animal. But since then, actually around the time the movie came out, a discovery was made down in Argentina. This very ancestral, it's not a squirrel, it's not a rat, but it looks vaguely like the scrat animal. Okay. And uh, so even the scientists at the time were like, hey, look, we found a scrat. And it's this really ancient <laughs> ancestral mammal that... It's vaguely saber-toothed scroll rat look. Whoa. Whoa. Interesting. So Ice Age predicted scrat. Absolutely. Okay. It's definitely what Hot happened. take. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk to you about the tar pits. How did you get into this? I read a little bit of your bio, and it said that you were, like, interested in this from a very young age, from, like, age four. Is yes, that correct? that is true. Okay, so what happened at age four that made you interested? I did you like fall into a tar pit? I did not. <laughs> okay. Uh, fortunately. Uh, that would have been very messy for my poor parents to clean up. Yes. Yeah, and unfortunately um, for us, because that would have been a great story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, they probably could have taken my shoes off and lifted me out. Right. Um, but uh, I was definitely one of those four-year-olds. I feel like very classic four-year-old where just into ancient things, period. Oh. And I think I just never really got out of that phase. Okay. And so I also love dinosaurs. I just don't work with them much. Okay. And um, you're sick of people asking. It's one of those things that people are like, oh, they're the only extinct things ever. And I'm like, mm, not really. Right. Um, but let's talk about more. Yeah. It's true. And uh, but so it was one of those things where I started out and my parents were like, cool, whatever you want to do, we'll support you in that. And I had a lot of opportunities growing up in Orange County uh, because we're in California. There's a lot of legislation where you have to protect non-renewable resources that belong to everybody that are on construction sites. OK. But then that also means that you have to actually do something with all of those fossils. Right. So a lot of those schools in the area are able to work on some of those fossils. I was actually able to work on fossils from high school and then through junior college. Whoa. Oh, cool. um, like during school? Uh, like I would go off site for some of them. Um, but one of them was actually at a local elementary school. I was able to go uh, volunteer at and help teach curriculum. Wow. And Whoa. work on fossils. That's pretty So sweet. I started out in mostly. And what does that mean? Sorry, work oh, yeah. on fossils. Like you like helping dig them up or clean so them or. Mostly prepare them at that stage okay. was things that had already been dug up from a construction site that were in the way of progress. Okay. Capital P. <laughs> and uh, that had been transported offsite for future study and preparation. Mm. And so I worked on unwrapping those presents and revealing the gifts inside and stabilizing them for future research and study. Wow. And I mean, why there's like an abundance of this stuff in Southern California, right? Yes. Why is that? Yeah. Did Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a lot of it's just kind of the it's just so happens. Spielberg prank. <laughs> <laughs> of It's partly the just so happens of what types of rocks that we have eroding at the surface and the near surface where we're trying to build things like construction, but then also the fact that we protect so much. Hmm. If you go other places, there's fossils all over the place, um, but they aren't always as protected as they are in California. Because it's like a state legislature? It's one of those where sometimes it's like, oh, that's in the way. And what do they do? They throw it in the garbage? Sometimes. Throwing fossils in the garbage? Call out what states are doing this. I'm not going to do that. I mean, they know who they are. I'm with (laughs) Wisconsin or (laughs) Schmorida. 
Um, but at the same time, fossils are incredibly rare. But you can find them in all sorts of different places, but they tend to be localized where certain types of rocks are at the surface, uh. which is also why I don't find things like T-Rex in Los Angeles, because our surface rocks are millions of years younger than that. And even if you're going down into much of Orange County, a lot of those are only like, you know, 15 to 35 million years old. So that's mostly when we're underwater. So mostly whales and things like that. Yeah. So that's what I started on a lot. Does that make you feel insignificant at all that you're working with these things that are millions of years old? It's a combination of insignificant and super important Okay. because every single grain of sand I move, I get to be the first human being ever in the history of everything to find out what was behind that grain of sand. So I get to dig for buried treasure for my job. So that's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty sick. Yeah, that's really sick. Super humble about it, too. I've never done anything for the first time. No, I'm just a sheep. We take volunteers. Okay. All right. Field trip. <laughs> We're listening. So we can go dig somewhere or like... Uh, there is a time commitment. Uh, but the bulk of our workforce is made out of volunteers. And they oh. do pretty much all the excavation work that we do, just less of the paperwork. And what do you mean time commitment? Um, usually it's the same day, nine to five, Ooh. every week for at least three months or so. Sounds like physical labor. Yeah, I can't do that. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, A, I'm weak, but B, I don't really have the time. Nine to five every no, day. No. Well, some of it's also like tiny work with dental tools and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. That's fine. I do that to my mouth. So <laughs> he gives himself a little bathroom <laughs> dentistry. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm digging up fossils, but they're my teeth every time. But they're little cavities and holes. Oh. <laughs> and little pieces of garlic. Um, okay, so so you you're into it as a kid. You're you're doing it in high school, and then did you always like have an interest in the tar pit specifically, or uh, tar pits? When I was ten, uh, my parents were like, "Okay, you get to go on a field trip anywhere you want for your birthday," and I was like, "I want to go to the tar pits." Wow! And so we drove up, and you know, we visited Hollywood and things while we were here. Sure. Um, but it was always one of those places where I was like, okay, I want to go back again. And then so in 2000, I believe six, when King Tut was at LACMA next door to the tar pits, mm-hmm. my family was like, we're going to go see King Tut. And I was like, well, you better believe we can't be next to the tar pits and not visit it. <laughs> and we went over and I was like, wait, you can volunteer? And so starting in 2006, I started out volunteering. Wow. And my lovely parents, because I hadn't been driving myself yet, would drive me 75 miles each way oh my God. to go and volunteer. I did get my license relatively quickly, yeah. you can understand. But uh, You were committed, and yeah. so were your parents. Hats yeah. off to them. Yeah. yeah. They're supportive. Awesome. They're really great. cool. Um, so let's talk about the actual tar pits for a second, because I was doing some research and realized that I know so little about these tar pits. I basically just have like a picture in my mind. Eric and I were actually there once yes. a few years ago, I feel like. Yep. And we didn't learn anything no, that I can no. recall, but we were there. We took a photo. Yep. So there's that. Uh, that's probably what most people do now that I'm thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. But let's try and uh, dig deeper, pun intended. <laughs> so what is, first of all, tar? Like from what I understand... Uh, that's very bad for you. So are people like working there near the tar? Can that kill you if you breathe that in? How does that work? And what is a pit? Yeah. Also. So <laughs> living fun one. fact, I'm going to back it up and explain that there actually aren't any tar pits at the tar pits. Okay. I'm leaving. Um, yeah. I'll see you later. Um, so to, <laughs> in summary, a so a lot of it, so when you actually say the La Brea tar pits, mm-hmm. it translates from the Spanish to the, the tar tar pits. So part <laughs> oh, of the God. reason that tar <laughs> stuck around as the name uh-huh. uh, is that 
translation from Spanish, from Brea. But technically what we have at the tar pits is asphalt, oh. which is the crudest form of naturally occurring oil. And all of Los Angeles Basin is actually a series of oil fields. Oh. That's just an area where that crude oil has been coming up to the surface for tens of thousands of years. Okay. Oh, okay. So it naturally seeps up. Mm. The pits that you see are old excavation sites where people like me left a big hole in the ground. And because that oil's under the ground in areas high That's pressure, looking went. for low pressure, wow. it's like, oh, I'll fill up here. Whoa. So I thought it was a naturally occurring. Uh, it is. It sort of is. But the it's been is modified. Yes. Got so see, asphaltic seeps. I don't think the name's going to stick. Asphaltic but, uh, seeps? Is, is more accurate than tar pits. La Brea asphaltic seeps? Well, La Brea is still saying tar, right? Yes. So you can't even say that. Asphaltic seeps. <laughs> the asphaltic seeps. God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. No. But uh, I like accuracy, though. Me too. But yeah, so crude oil, and that's also what the bubbling that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, in case there was anybody that saw the movie Volcano. Oh, yeah. I'm, Never I'm saw it. Tommy Lee not Jones. really that close to magma. It doesn't write. It doesn't call. It's really more that the lighter grades of oil are bubbling up with the cruder grades of oil. So things like methane, if you have a gas stove at home, that's right. what the kind of gas. Okay. Um, that's what causes the bulk of the bubbling that so you see. So it is bad for you. Uh, yeah. You don't want to ingest it. You don't want to okay. smoke around it. You don't want to like... You could, you could explode? It's the um, tar It's less that you would explode. You'd really need to concentrate it. You'd have to be like one of the storage rooms at the Ross Dress for Less up the street from us back in, I think, 85. Had a, a methane leak in one of their storage rooms. What? That uh, did explode. Whoa. Um, which is also part of the reason why they were like, hey, let's have gas monitors in all the buildings in this area. Yeah. So. Good idea. Yeah. So. Safety. How it exploded just because it was near the... Because, again, all of Los Angeles Basin is a series of oil fields. So it's not just the tar pits. We're just the place that people think of it. But even if you drive down Fairfax, La Cienega, towards LAX from the tar pits, you're going to see them drilling for oil all across there. Wow. Um, It's just not what people think of anymore. But it's part of the reason why Los Angeles is such a big city so Mm. quickly is that we had good PR and oil. Palm trees and oil. So you mentioned Volcano. Yes. Um, let's just talk about that movie. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, when, but uh, what year did that movie come out? <laughs> let's talk about John Lee Jones' career. No, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about. There's a scene in Ice Age where there's a bunch of lava flowing. What looks like through ice. Yes. So I had this question as well. Yeah. What is that? Just uh, DreamWorks sky blue sky making something cool looking for a movie, or did that happen at that time? Can lava and ice coexist? Yes. Not happily long term, but I feel like there probably are places that have glaciers that also are thermo, you know, sensitive under the ground. Oh. So I'm sure there is somewhere where lava and ice meet. Uh, just not anywhere. That I know of exactly, but it's one of those things that's it's plausible. Okay, oh, I'm, sure, okay. I'm sure there's somewhere that you know lava comes up wherever it wants to and says, "Hey," and there's a glacier. It's like, no, please. Right, and so it wouldn't. I mean, that wouldn't happen for very long, is what you're saying. So, like, either the lava would eventually erupt and then melt the ice, or vice versa. Like the ice probably would... depends on the amount of pressure, like how much lava, how thick of a glacier, because okay. glaciers are 
absolutely ginormous. Right. Technical term. Sorry. Yeah. No. Please. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to learn more here in the yes, podcast. Absolutely. So ginormous means big. Yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, great. So yeah, the really a, really Bing Bong huge is actually uh, <laughs> that's the scientific term. Yeah. <laughs> really I was trying to avoid jargon. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, if you have to say really really Bing Bong, please go ahead. Please. <laughs> we want to be accurate here. Um, okay. So I, that that leads me to, to geysers as well. There's like an old faithful joke in Ice yes. Age. And so, not really. I think Ramana said, like, not really faithful, is it? Or what was the line? <laughs> I don't remember the line. He said Maybe something you know. like, not exactly old faithful, is it? And it was like, not that big of a geyser. Oh, a small geyser. Moment. Okay. I don't recall. Yeah. But Which also, that joke doesn't make sense because <laughs> Old right. Faithful was probably named Old Faithful way after. I, Dare I say years after yes. the Ice Age. Yeah, really, really bing bong long time after Ice exactly. Age. Exactly. <laughs> um, so so geysers uh, like shoot up a bunch of boiling water and this does this also happen like everywhere or um, again, nowhere that I work at. So it's one okay. of those places that you have to go somewhere with a lot more volcanic activity close to the surface. Got it. So LA, not one of those places you're gonna have. Okay. We're That's we're not good. that exciting. Where's Old Faithful, Yosemite? That's my Yellowstone? Yellowstone. Maybe? Oh my gosh, sure. I can't believe Probably. I don't remember this. I I need to go visit these places. I haven't yes. I haven't seen them, so I don't know. I went to Tahoe this weekend. You seen a ge- geysers? Nope. Sounds good. So, all the animals at the beginning of the film are moving together. They're all like migrating south, mm-hmm. it seems. Does that is that accurate that they would join forces, so to speak, or would they all like have their own way of migrating? Or is there massive migrations? Um, while we do have evidence of migrating in a lot of the large animals, which may have you know coincided with a couple other large groups of animals, because part of the reason you'd be migrating is to get more resources if resources are getting scarcer where you are. Mm-hmm. So if resources for this animal are getting scarcer and it's on the same plant as the resources that animal is getting, it's possible some of these are fluctuating together. Okay. But we don't have as many large migrators necessarily in Los Angeles that we find at the tar pits. Um, the main ones are probably things like bison. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other animals may have been around more year round. Uh, it's hard to know because we don't get that level of cl- clarity mm. in the fossils. Bison most likely did migrate though and we have good evidence for that because they all tend to have babies all at the same time, just oh. like a lot of uh, modern bison do. And so we tend to only find bison fossils of very specific age groups. Okay. So it's like two to oh, six month olds, year and two to six month olds. So it's likely that they're only here and getting trapped during certain times of year. Got you. Okay. wonder how much of that is instinctual. Mm-hmm. Like, because all the animals were leaving, did they just know that, okay, the Ice Age is coming? Right. They were talking about it in go? the movie. But. Right. Well, there were many. Because usually when animals, like, all go somewhere in a movie, it's because aliens are coming. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you ever seen like, the movie Dreamcatcher? Yes. <laughs> Stephen, based on Stephen King's uh, yeah, work. That's how they knew aliens were coming, because every type of animal was moving a certain direction. Yeah, I feel like that's a common trope, too, in movies, where, like, a dog will bark or a bird will freak out, and they're like, what's going on here? Something we don't understand. Also, there was a spaceship frozen in the ice that's at true. one point. Yes. What was that about? Or in it was foreshadowing to? to one of their sequels, actually. Oh. Really? One of the to ice my age? understanding. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently oh. that whole scene of everything frozen in the ice is all things that were then featured featured in later movies. Whoa. Freaky blue sky. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, I like okay. that. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the main characters here. So we have 
Manny. The mammoth, yes. Who is yes. our mammoth, our Ray Romano character. Everybody loves Manny. Everyone loves Manny. <laughs> He's a big papa, mama of character taking care of this baby. Who often cries. Yes, He's he gets big, emotional. sappy <laughs> guy. <laughs> and we all love him. Uh, and so... Now, I think because everyone loved him so much, apparently they're trying to recreate the mammoth. You know about this? You know what I'm talking about? I've heard about this in other sites. Uh, okay. So the thing is... Like so Jurassic again, Park style? I think so. Uh, but slightly more plausible. Um, but it's more one of those plausible. things where <laughs> the types of mammoths that we have in L.A. actually aren't woolly mammoths like Manny. Oh. Um, they stayed in areas that, again, were colder, had more glaciers, that sense, those sorts of things. Whereas L.A. has always been much nicer. It's been a little cooler, a little wetter. Mm. Um, and we have had also multiple ice ages through time. There's been a lot of climactic fluctuations through time, um, which is why migration wouldn't necessarily be, you know, an always thing. It might be a occasional thing um, for those mass migrations that we were seeing in the movie. But uh, there has been work trying to work to clone woolly mammoths. Yeah. But it's one of those things where there's so many problems because not only do you have to actually get enough preserved, which they do have some absolutely beautiful specimens preserved in permafrost in areas like Siberia. Mm. Um, we actually have uh, currently on loan to us at the Tar Pits, mm. part of a traveling exhibit, we have a uh, replica of baby Yuba that was found in Siberia. Okay. So if you want to go see that, it's there through September. I would love to see that. Um, yeah. And uh, so again, not a type of mammoth we find here, though there's some work lately that they may have been interacting with each other romantically around the boundaries where the different types of mammoths lived. Okay. Uh, but at least in L.A., we have purely Colombian mammoth to our knowledge. Okay. And uh, But the woolly mammoth, because they're preserved in permafrost, these are things that soft tissues are preserved, which we don't get preserved at the tarpets. We just get things like teeth and bones. Right. Um, but so they have a higher potential of recovering more genetic material. Whoa. But at the same time, even if you had an exactly perfect piece of genetic material, mm -hmm. So what are you mixing that with to make a viable embryo? Right. What type of carrier are you going to put that in the womb of? Mm -hmm. And then what type of hormones at what times is that mother going to be injecting into that baby? Yeah. And then who's raising it and what environment it is in? That's a lot of so good questions. Yeah. It's one of those things that you could make something that looks like that mammoth, but it still wouldn't precisely be that mammoth. Yeah. Is the problem. They're gone. Seems I'm sorry. Dangerous. Yeah, it seems like there's ethical questions here. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you which side do you because you must love mammoths, do you want to see a new mammoth or is it not worth all these risks? If you could have a mammoth as a pet, yeah. would you? Right. Uh, for me extinct animal is have a extinct animal that I would have as a pet is uh, actually a dwarf pronghorn called Caprimerix. Yeah, that was going to be my answer, dwarf pronghorn. If you think of like antelope in North America, we don't actually have antelope, we have pronghorn. There's okay. a dwarf version of those that I would be the classic LA girl with the oversized purse with the little head sticking out. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, that would be me if those were still around. Oh, little That would be Going to Rodeo Drive <laughs> with a little mini Absolutely. antelope head yeah. sticking out. Um, that sounds great. like, I'm let it graze when we have some coffee. <laughs> and I want to go to Alfred and get a matcha. <laughs> the Broghorn sips it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but at the same time, there's, again, a lot of conversations about resources. Because, again, all the resources you could bring into making something like a mammoth back mm -hmm. versus there are animals that are currently going extinct that, you know, how we make sure that we're managing those resources well yeah. to maybe protect some of them before they go extinct. Yeah, before yeah. we'd have to worry about all of these other issues on how to bring them back. So, so first step. 
don't let's let's save endangered species. Maybe second step, bring if back. There's time. Extinct. Species. Bring back the mammoth. Let's be a little more picky and choosy on all of our resources. What it is like? Okay. There's even some creatures that are not doing well. That I'm like, well. I still would rather focus on other animals. So. Mm, like what? Let's name those. What's oh. like the, if you could resurrect any animal, what would it be? Yeah, and if you could Number kill one. off any animal, what would that be? Yeah. Um, well, kill off would probably mean mosquitoes, but oh. it would have such environmental impact. I probably shouldn't do it. But could we I, kill off half? Yeah. Good call. It wouldn't make Just a difference. Just the annoying ones? <laughs> it wouldn't make a difference to <laughs> That's the problem. Of them. Just the <laughs> annoying ones. They'd come right back. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, what about Eric's question? If you're going to bring back something, it would be that. What would uh, be it? Probably that horn? dwarf pronghorn. Well, no, that's as a pet. I mean, maybe like mm. in the scientific community, is there a number oh. one animal that's like. Or, or uh, flora, right? Flora or fauna. There's yeah. a lot of like extinct. Plants or fossils, plants? too. Right, yes. yeah, exactly. Is there something that's at, to- at the top of the list? Uh, I don't think we have a consensus on that one. Definitely not. Okay. No, right. sorry. I'm sure that there's lots of people yelling at me right now, but I'm like, nah. Well, that's pretty much what the everyone's got their is. own priorities. Yeah. <laughs> it's just people yelling, pretty much. It's the bathroom wall. Um, well, I kind of hope they do bring back the mammoth. I didn't read that much into it, but supposedly they've been working on it for a bit, and oh, it's absolutely. like a possible thing that could happen. <laughs> and I think that's interesting um, because I'd love to see other extinct species come back. Apparently, some like version of a frog just went extinct like recently. I don't know if you which know one? specifically which one. I don't. I can't remember. But I just you know it's like come on, like you were saying, let's get it together and try and protect what we have here instead of just because of the coral reasons. reefs yeah yeah there's the, the whole the yeah. whole habitat is becoming destroyed so right um anyways uh we were talking very briefly before eric got here about the saber tooth cat yes because in the movie there's just and i think just in general we all say saber tooth tiger yes. right diego what's his name <laughs> in the movie um and so What's the? Why is that a misconception? Why? Well, for a long time, it was called a saber tooth tiger. Okay. So that's that's very fair. Okay. But uh, in more recent years, we've updated it because it's technically, definitely not a tiger, and it's not even technically a quote unquote true cat. Whoa! They're a whole true separate cat. branch of the cat family tree called Machairodons. 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 Cool. Machairodon. Yeah. So and uh, so there's just a whole extinct branch of the family tree. Mm-hmm. And so the closest thing we have as a modern analog when we're describing it is cats, but oh. they're not even technically quote-unquote So it's just cats. something we don't have anymore. Yeah. And they're all gone. Okay, that's sad. Um, and and so why how why wouldn't we just call it Machairodon instead of trying to label it just so that we can understand? I think it's just when you're... Um, cause again, that's the use of tar pit, man. Yeah. The tar tar pit. Common names versus... The tar 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 pit. The tar 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 pit. The tar 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 pit. I think it's just, again, like common name versus scientific name. That's why okay. scientific names, we use standardized across the science so that me, researcher from Tibet and Argentina are all going to be calling it the same thing. Okay. But uh, when you're trying to just use common names, I think that's one of the ones that, you know, kind of whatever sticks originally sticks around for a long time. Right, right, Thank right. you, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> so it's one of those where we're like, well, technically, like starfish, not a star, not a fish, but right. everyone calls it Whoa, a starfish. And yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that it's, you know, Dragon the worst Plus. thing ever. L- Linda Richmond over here. <laughs> but, um, Discuss. Smilodon, then, is, is that um, synonymous with... Machairodon? What is that? Smilodon is a type of Machairodon. Oh, okay. So it's like an umbrella term. Yes. There's different... So Machairodon is the whole umbrella term of that of whole cat. species of... It's not a cat. It's not a cat. It's not a tiger. It's just... 
Machairodon. It's, oh, it's okay. Cat. It's cat. What about a jazz cat? What's that? So if I go to a jazz club and I say, <laughs> "Hey, you guys are a bunch of swinging Machairodons," are they going to know what I'm talking about? Uh, if they're close to the tar pits, maybe. Yeah, maybe. All right. But if they're close to the tar pits, you better not have them be smoking anything. I know these jazz guys. Yeah, they smoke jazz cigarettes. Yeah, and uh, they could explode. Yeah, they could explode. We don't want that. Or no. mostly just. Uh, Smoking superheats all the chemicals in the air that you're breathing and makes you inhale more of them. So it's like extra, extra oh carcinogens. My oh my god! So that's yeah, more no, I need to go now and warn them. <laughs> so more than exploding when it's just out in the air, it's more about poisoning what's, yourself extra. What's your breathing in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about the sloth? What's his name? Sid. Uh, Sid. Thank you. Yes. And I didn't know sl- uh, sloths could survive in the cold. Whenever I see a sloth, it's always in the jungle or they're in a tree. Well, yes. from what I understand, they did perish because of Ice Age. Uh, Aren't the, they still around? So tree sloths are still around, but oh. ground sloths are extinct. So Got the types it. of sloths that we had here in L.A. are ground sloths. And sloths all evolved down in South America. Okay. And this, so there are some down in South America that are like elephant size. Whoa. That are much larger than we get here. Right now? Uh, no, they're all extinct now. Okay. I'm sorry. There was um, elephant they sized find the sloths. Oh yes. Oh my oh, god. I yeah. honestly want to see that more than a mammoth. Yeah, I want to see that movie. Let's move that up to the top of the fictional list. Yeah, could you make that happen? Can you I'll, make that happen? I'll, I'll I have ask. twenty bucks. Yeah. I can <laughs> bribe you. Slip you <laughs> with all the power I have, I'll see what I can do. You are the keeper of recreating animals, right? <laughs> the major deed to a yeah. recreation. So ours aren't quite that large, but the couple of species that we had here in LA are still large enough that I could ride them into battle. Um, Not that, you know, that would be amazing, but my favorite of them is the ones that we actually have statues in the park that are life size. Um, That again, that I could ride into battle that have these amazing things called dermalosicles. There's these skin bones that are embedded in their hides, uh, which we can tell from seeing pieces of hides from other sites than ours, because again, the hide doesn't get preserved at our site. But they're little pebbles of bone. And these are in the same family of things like armadillos. So they actually kind of work like armor. So there's like built-in chainmail on these guys. So they have these massive claws, huge bodies. And eating mostly grass, but probably once they get to their adult size, not getting messed with. Yeah, vegan bodybuilder stoner sloth. (laughs) I mean, are they still slow? Because Sid was pretty quick in the film. Sid was pretty quick in the film. Um, Also, his body shape, I will say, is a lot of artistic. uh, License. License. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he kind of had an ET vibe with his little gut. Yeah. And the eyes. And the eyes and sticking like, out. Almost like yeah. a hammerhead shark. Head. Right. Yeah. Again, I I love him. I love the use of him to do a lot of the physicality jokes that they needed him to do. Yes. Um, but yeah, our sloths don't look quite like that. Okay. Um, but they do have really big claws, like he has, and shaggy fur. And uh, even though we are first introduced to him in a tree, he probably would be one that would hang out more on the ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but these big sloths that you are one day going to ride into battle, uh, did <laughs> they through them. LA? Yeah, once we de-extinct them, will w- would they uh, move as we traditionally know sloths to move, like these very slow creatures, or do these ground sloths, land sloths, uh, have speed to them? <laughs> um, well, we don't know for sure because all we find are their bones. Oh, okay. But it, our best guess at this point is yeah. that they would be much more. Agile. Uh, agile and quick. Ooh, mm. um, still cool. probably not something that's going to be, that you're going to worry about having to run away from. Okay. Um, but at the same time, not something that you're going to be 
watching like a lava lamp move across the hillside. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. The break is over. Here we go back to the show about science. Okay, um, and how about these rhinos? They're still <laughs> rhinos now, and they look pretty similar to the way they did in the film. And then I was reading that they have like a shovel horn that allowed them to like dig through snow for food and stuff like that. So the rhinos that would have been alive at the same time as the woolly mammoths and the saber toothed cats and the ground sloths, those would have been woolly rhinos that we don't have at the tar pits. Oh. But they're kind of just look like the rhinos that we have today, but bigger and hairier. Um, but the rhinos that were in the movie are actually look more like maybe a brontothere, titanothere, things that are actually millions of years older than all of the other animals we're looking at. Oh, but they weren't hairy, the rhinos. Nope. No. And Is that uh, what makes something woolly? The wool hair? Okay. Absolutely. Makes sense. Got it. Just making sure I'm not completely dumb. No, no, no. No, absolutely. 90%. Yeah. No. <laughs> we go back. It's an A. <laughs> uh, but so they're definitely animals that are between dinosaurs and us. They're more recent than dinosaurs, which I'm happy about. Yeah. Um, but again, Oligocene was much older than the Pleistocene, the Ice Age the time period that we're looking at. Okay. Yes. Also, those rhinos were at one point in a hot tub-like <laughs> yes. thing, like a hot spring. Right. Little mud but, pool. Yeah, yes. mud pool, yeah. Do animals like that? Yeah. Is that a real thing? I mean, I'm an animal and I like that, so... Good point. Yeah, good I, point. I'll sit in a hot mud pool. I'll sit in a La Brea tar pit and just chill. The tar 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 pit. Pit pit pit. <laughs> the jar jar banks. Well, those aren't... Uh, the tar pits aren't warm. Sorry. Oh. Oh. I would have yeah. thought they really? were warm. Yeah. Kind of sits out there I mean, in the sun. If it sits out there in the sun, the surface is as warm as anything, you know, pavement in the sun would get. Okay. But it's not bubbling because it's hot. I'm oh. sorry. It's bubbling because of those lighter gases coming through. Oh. So if you're trying to make a spa day, I would go somewhere with more of that thermal mud instead. Got right. it. We spa is. Don't plug we spa in my program. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? You can cut it later. <laughs> no, I will not. No. They will I, be shamed. I will refuse. <laughs> um, annoying question. Has anyone fallen into the tar pits? Uh, I mean, fallen in... Is such a broad term, so yes. Um, well, there's, there's a big fence around it. Yes, Gate. and so there are multiple. And, yeah, so yeah, there are, are multiple spots on site, uh, which we do keep fence to try to reduce uh, people and pets uh, having issues. Mm -hmm. um, but again, like there's people like me that still work there, and every once in a while, you know, if you're walking around somewhere, people do get stuck on occasion. But again, we have these fancy <laughs> things that mammoths didn't have called mm. shoes that I can undo the laces, and mm. my friends with their opposable thumbs and big brains can come help me and <laughs> laugh at me. So, but the shoes bats? stay in the pit. You have a bunch of friends that well, are well. You bats? can eventually <laughs> lever them out, but ah. uh, tar pits work more like flypaper or like sticky mouse traps. Okay, where you're getting stuck to the surface and dying of one. Wonderful things like exposure or predation or oh. dehydration. Um, so you're at the surface for a while as you're slowly, horribly dying. Oh, God. So. I thought in so. my head it was like quicksand or something. Like you just sink into the pit and that's it. Right. So let's say you lose your shoe in the pit. What happens to the shoe? Does the it just remain she, like, there? Gets it out with a yeah. stick. I'll get it out when it's let's not Let's say attached. you can't. Let's <laughs> then, say then you, you drop your it. shoe in there. And even as an experiment. What happens to that shoe? Uh, the shoe depends on how many, how much plastics it's made out of, probably. Okay. Because plastics made of oil would degrade much faster in an oil-based substance. Okay. Um, but if it's something more leather-based, it'll probably last a bit longer. But again, we usually try to clean that sort of thing up because, again, people come and take lots of photos there. So they probably don't want a shoe yeah, in right. their family photo. 
Yeah, so they call nice <laughs> people like me and say, hey, there's a shoe. There's a okay. shoe in that tar pit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have so many things to ask about, and I'm definitely not going to have time for all of this. But um, is there anything I wanted to ask like that you think is wrong in the movie or just things that you wanted to point out that you wanted to get to before I go on my like lightning round here of <laughs> questions? Uh, for me, it was just that I was very glad that there weren't any living dinosaurs in the original movie. Great. It was one of those things that I was just like, ah, oh, thank you. Because, again, it would have kind of undermined the, no, they're not the same time period when they kind of mix them up like that. Yeah. What year was I was Ice Age um, taking place? I would guess it's probably set somewhere between around 10 to 20,000 years ago and okay. probably somewhere in North America. Well, okay. Uh, would be my guess. Okay. And we've had multiple like they kind of goes in a pattern, right? Like Ice Age and then I don't know what the other ones the Bronze Gla- Age, Holocene is that Glaciers like and interglacial glacials and interglacials okay. where things get warmer and cooler and warmer and cooler but even the glaciers aren't going to get as far south as LA ever. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. And are we I read that we're like potentially making the next ice age that would come impossible because of pollution CO2, yeah. See, the thing about that is is that uh, climate change can do all sorts of funny things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when it gets too warm, that can uh, make too much melt and that can dump too much cold water in different ocean currents and cause all sorts of chaos, which we've been noticing these last couple of years. Yeah. And so at that point, while I'm not a specialist in that particular thing, anything could happen. And we can make it too warm that then flips us back into a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would just much more rather keeping it more where we are now. I sure. like our weather right now. Yeah, I like yeah. it too. It'd be nice if we protected the earth. Oh well. Um, so what do you guys a, believe in global warming and climate change? Yeah. We see evidence of it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just from the scientific community and like stuff like that. And you think the earth is round? Round, yeah. That's All right. Correct. I've also seen evidence of that. All right. Are you convinced? I, I encourage other people <laughs> to see evidence of it too. <laughs> what do you think? Still no? Hmm. Not sold. <laughs> okay. Um, what about snowball earth? You know this phrase? I've heard it mentioned before. Okay. It's definitely uh, not something I know a lot about. Okay. But it's uh, one of those things that people want to come and talk to us about the fence. And, Sounds uh, fun. Yeah, right? Snowball earth? No, no, I'm good. I, <laughs> I hate the cold, so it's terrifying to me. But essentially, Snowball Earth has happened, they said, at least once. Uh, once, And I, I'm saying they as the Internet, so I don't know how right. plausible whatever. But Is it, it just winter all over the it's globe? It's like a super ice age, yeah. It's like during a regular ice age, like one-third of the Earth is covered in snow. And then during Snowball Earth, it's like everything is snow. Sick. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up, see if you had any snowball earth theories. I'm sorry. I don't. Oh, that's okay. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. I did see them open up for Radiohead about 10 years ago, though. They were really good. Snowball earth. What's your favorite snowball earth track? (laughs) Um, Okay. We were both. Send us your favorite snowball earth track. Oh, guys, please. please, uh, In the iTunes review, definitely leave your favorite snowball earth track so that we can listen to them after. Uh, Then Eric will give his reviews. Um, We saw at one point Sid uh, accidentally create fire. Yes. Yes. And that led us to talk about, like, do animals make fire? Does that kind of stuff happen? Do they have any sort of human-type advancements? 
So I went on a little bit of a research hunt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I found some cool shit. What'd you find, my man? All right. Tell us. So, first of all, black kites, which is the name of a small hawk, you're nodding like that's a real thing. Didn't know so that. I'll pick up on that. Uh, they get these sticks, so they don't make fire. But they will use fire to their advantage. They will pick up sticks that are on fire and move them sometimes like a mile away to like trap lizards and insects and stuff and then eat them. They can mm-hmm. fly with yes. things that are on fire through Correct. the air and keep them on fire? Yes. And then like strategically place them uh, to trap uh, and to pray. hunt. Right. How can you fly with this and have it not go out? I think it was like bundled in some like drier, grassy things, if I recall. But I want to go back and look at that more now. Pretty cool. Hella intuitive. Yeah, uh, and it gets deeper. So orangutans uh, have been spotted spearfishing. They can't catch anything that's alive and moving around, but if there's like a dead fish or like something in the riverbed, apparently they can, right, throw a spear and and wreck it, which I thought was sweet. Wow. Uh, Dolphins, which we all know are very smart, uh, they, (laughs) I guess we're like trying to like look for food and dig on the sea floor, and sometimes there's like stuff that can sting you or harm you, and so they started wearing a mask. They used this like sea sponge on their face (laughs) to like protect themselves. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. As they're digging for stuff. Very cool. And then the last one, I saw a video of this last one. Bonobos, they do make fire, okay? But not from scratch. Uh, they, they get assisted tools. They, so, so, so humans give them like a match uh, book, a matchbox. Yeah. And they know now how to take out a match, strike it, and light a bundle of sticks. <laughs> they know how to collect sticks. They break them up. They put them into like a fireplace, essentially. And they teach each other how to light these matches. Mm-hmm. Go look it up. It's unbelievable. Wow. There's some videos on the dodo. They make marshmallows. I saw they what? put marshmallows on like the end of a stick and <laughs> roast them and eat them. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I know. I mean, friends taught me how to do that, so. Right. We're not that far off. No, 98%, right? Yeah. Want to talk about a, a bunch of other things, like I said. I mean, here at the Tar Pits, you, you guys have all sorts of cool attractions, it seems. There's a big mammoth named Zed. You yep. guys have? He was part of Project 23. He's okay. kind of our poster child of the project. And and actually, let's talk about Project 23 for just one second, mm-hmm. because I read briefly about it uh, with Eric yesterday, where yeah. like there was a construction site happening, and you guys started finding stuff and creating these like tree boxes. And yes. how was Michael Jordan involved? Yeah. Um, not that I know of, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, thing. And uh, so it's one of those things where... Uh, actually, LACMA, the art museum that shares the park with us, uh-huh. was building an underground parking garage back in 2006. Okay. And if you need to get dig underground next to one of the largest urban deposits of fossils in the world, you're probably going to find fossils. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. But it again, just so happened to be there. I mean, there wasn't like a sign that said, don't die east of Ogden. <laughs> um, I'm pretty pretty sure that that is not a thing that happened right. 40,000 years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm fairly confident. I wasn't there. I don't have evidence to the contrary. Sure. But... Yeah. Uh, so basically kind of like playing battleship uh-huh. anywhere in that area, you could have fossils. Okay. So if you fill the entire board with pegs, you're going to find everything in that space. That's how I play battleship, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you always Every, win. Yep. That's right. You I play win. with fossils on my <laughs> I board. I sort of do. Just different. Yeah. That's kind of a like job. Different sets of teeth on my little battleship board. <laughs> <laughs> so, I play by myself. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you win and lose. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yeah, you, they were digging. They were making a, a huge garage. They mm-hmm. were making a parking structure, mm-hmm. and they started finding stuff, and then like protecting it, and then taking yes. it out. So there are teams on site known as paleo monitors that okay. are paleontologists specially trained to go before, during, and after the big excavation equipment. Okay. And so they're the ones. We're very fortunate that our fossils tend to come in clumps due to a unique combination of both biological and geological reasons. And so they're able to delineate the edges of these clumps. And they brought in a third company, a landscape company, that specializes in moving live trees by building boxes around the root balls. Wow. Built boxes around the entire sections of earth themselves, crane them up, move them over our side of the park. So we're digging in the ground, on the ground. And they came over in 23 boxes, which is why we call it Project 23. We're very fancy with our naming schemes. Very good. Great. Okay. So they move these 23 boxes, and now... You and a team, I gather, mm-hmm. are what going through preparing them, trying to see what they are. Do you know now what all of them are? Not all of them, because everything you can really only see the edge surfaces. Mm. Uh, the order that we go through the boxes is kind of a combination of research goals mixed with emergency room triage. Oh, uh, kind of trying to protect the most fossils as long as possible. Um, it was originally projected to be a five-year project, starting in August of two thousand eight. Okay. Spoilers. It's taken a little bit longer. (laughs) Sure. But that's because there's so many fossils. Wow. It's a good Uh, problem to have. So that's what I was doing this morning before I came here. That's what I'm going to go do in the afternoon when I get back. (laughs) Nice. That's what my coworkers and my volunteers are doing right now. Cool. Is actually going through those boxes, you know, carefully, methodically, and uncovering fossils. Because, again, we tend to get scrambles of thousands and tens of thousands of fossils all jumbled together. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those where it's like, cool, I can see that that's a femur, a thigh bone from a saber-toothed cat, wow. but we won't be able to get that out until we get the sloth rib out, which we can't get out until we get this direwolf skull out, wow. which we can't get out until we get this coyote femur out, which we can't get out until we get <laughs> this turtle. How many species <laughs> are there uh, Hundreds. Hundreds. Wow. Of animals, plants, insects... Wow. Everything from shrews to juniper seeds this to... This was a hopping neighborhood back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Times Square of... Dead animals. Dead animals. <laughs> Dead animal bones. And I wanted to also mention, you said dire wolves because mm-hmm. as a Game of Thrones oh, yes. fans, or Game of Bones fans, if you hey will, uh, know that like I always thought that was a fictional creature. And then upon this movie and this research, uh, that was a real thing that we just don't have anymore? Or do we still have dire wolves? I uh, know. Dire wolves are extinct. Um, and Bummer. the Game of Thrones versions are more like Dungeons & Dragons style dire wolves. Oh. So our dire wolves aren't quite that big. Oh. But imagine a gray wolf, but like the linebacker version. So <laughs> okay. they're very robust. Uh-huh. I still am okay with them being extinct because I walk to home around here. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. But at the same time, uh, a real thing that lived here in Los Angeles tens yeah. of thousands of years ago. Man, wow. wow. So a direwolf being real is valid. Yes. Does yeah. that make Game of Thrones real? Everything else in Game of Thrones is real? Dragons? Um, there's definitely some plausibility issues with some of the other things, I would say. And I okay, don't but mostly yet have any real. evidence yeah. of things like dragons. 90% real? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what you said. Yep. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, Eric, you have some f- questions. I was going to ask about the Tarfest Members Lounge. <laughs> I mean, n- nothing I was going to ask. <laughs> sounds more cool than that. <laughs> it's, is there anything cooler than the Tarfest Members Lounge? I saw that on the website and had to ask about it. Wow. Um, Tarfest is, so we're in the middle Tarfest. of Hancock Park, which okay. is a 23.6 acre park that is run by the County of Los Angeles. Okay. So we also have lots of events that feature in our park. And so it's one of those where I love it because I get to experience all sorts of new and exciting things, yeah. but it also brings in a more diverse audience than we would have gotten if we were 
just museums on the site. Right, um, right. So I like kind of cross-pollinating between that. So Tarfest is one of the events that has been in our park for the last couple of years. It has, you know, music and vendors and drinking and music and artists and that sort of thing. Snowball Earth played last year. Yeah, they headlined. <laughs> sick. Yeah, that was They sick. better play next year at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they will. Someone, yeah, someone on. make it and come, please. <laughs> uh, Eric and I will make a, an EP. Yeah, <laughs> Snowball I will Earth. come see you perform. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great. Um, and, uh, and speaking of, they have uh, Ice Age Encounters and yes. Titans of the Ice Age 3D people can come see at Liberated yes. Tarpits, the Tartar Pit 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 Pit. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Titans of the Ice Age is an abbreviated version of a uh, documentary that was made. Um, and it's one of those that like has both animation and interviews. And it was made in concert with a couple other different institutions. But ours is more cut down to be more just the Liberated Tarpits specific versions. Okay. I'm in it for like two seconds. So yeah. you can be like, Whoa. oh, my gosh, she's a movie star. Yeah. And this is I didn't Hollywood know that. After all. I didn't know that either. Sitting with a movie star. Um, I wouldn't have said all that dumb crap I said in the past hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, oh, it's all right. You can speak to my agent. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I, I don't actually have an agent. And... Um, <laughs> But it's one of those things where it's kind of a, a newer video that kind of gives people a broader view of a lot of the animals and things that we're looking at. Cool. And the Ice Age Encounter show, though, I definitely recommend you come see, not just because some of my friends perform it, um, but we actually have in concert originally with Henson Studio building <gasps> some of these life-size puppets. puppets. Wow. So the saber-toothed cat... The main one actually has human inside of it Whoa. and yeah. one human helping to control some of the beasts yes. and that sort of thing. And so they actually do an interactive show Lion talking about. Love that. Um, that's cool. So that's really fantastic. We will certainly be going to see that, yeah. I assure you. Yes. That sounds great. The dodo. I was going to ask about the dodo. There's a funny so scene. So dodos, I don't think that uh, the evidence we have for why they went extinct is consistent with that of the movie. Okay. I'm pretty sure they lived on for many hundreds R and thousands of years. Yeah, that's what I saw, That they that they which is so strange to me that this little bird was able to survive and yet all these like really powerful mammals were not. It was on an island. That was both the secret to its success and downfall. Oh. Is that they were kind of on an island doing their own thing, um, and then uh, Western folk showed up and went, "Hey, I'm hungry." Yep, and also <laughs> like we have dogs and rats. Look, we just destroyed all your babies. Bye. Right. Um, oh, so man. that's part of the downfall of the dodo. But I liked because again at the time, 2002, this is also a nod uh, to the like Y2K preppers right. and some of that mentality where yes. it's just kind of very not always logically based like, I have three melons to get me through the Ice Age. Right, right. yeah, there is a line of like, we're going to be underground for 3,000 years something like that. Right. And to prepare for that, you brought three melons? <laughs> That's all they need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, just some things I was ruminating on since we watched it. Yeah. No one ate anything in <laughs> just, the, in the yes, movie except <laughs> a baby <laughs> ate, ate, watermelon, some ate watermelon. a slice of watermelon the entire film. Right. No one else ate anything else, and that baby, realistically, would be gone in a, a second, right? Because it's perished. so cold. I feel like that is they're just trying to imply that, oh, we started figuring out how to find food for this weird pink baby mm. thing. Okay. Um, also, yes, we definitely didn't see Diego eat anything, right. the obligate carnivore of the group. Right. Um, we do see Sid eat a pine cone very unhappily. That's true. Does a pine cone have any nutrients? Um, the little pine nuts inside probably would, but mm. I would not want it to be your main food source yeah. if you're, you know, a mammoth. Right. Or a Diego. Diego. <laughs> Diego needs to eat. He is fantastic, eat. isn't he? 
Is that Antonio Banderas, the other one? Yeah, uh, am I making that up? They talked about using him originally, but I don't believe it is. I believe it oh, is... It's uh, an impersonator. I can't think of his name right now, hmm. but uh, another great voice actor. Frederick Banderas. Yeah, his brother. <laughs> and Jack Black. That's yeah, right. Yes, says Zeke. We love Jack Black around here. Love the black. Jack, if you're listening... Come on in. Come on down. Let's do Ice Age 2. Or Jumanji. Oh, let's do Jumanji. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, Okay, great. Uh, I mean, I have weird questions about saber-toothed tigers eating babies. I don't know if that's appropriate or necessary (laughs) at all. Um, So that's another thing that (laughs) could be useful. At the Tarpets here in L.A., we don't have any evidence whatsoever of people and any of these extinct animals in the same place at the same time. I asked that question last night. Yes, I remember that. Could these people and animals coexist? Not even Neanderthal? uh, In other places uh, and other continents and that sort of thing, some of these animals interacted. But North America, And they probably may have. But at the Tarpets, at least, we don't have any evidence of people and the animals interacting. Wow. So if they went extinct, it was because of weather? Uh, Probably a variety of reasons. Okay. It's one of those things that people for extinctions try to kind of simplify and be like, it was this one thing. I figured it out. Tied a bow. Um, But I kind of think of it more like a car accident. Like, yes, one car hit another, but someone's messing, you know, texting someone on their phone. Someone's trying to mess the lid of their coffee cup. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many different factors that go into it. Yeah. It's probably changes in climate and changes in the plants available, which change everything up the food change. Uh, change in the other large animals that are competing for the same resources. Yeah, like, got it. You so know, a woolly mammoth hit a sloth with its car. Yep. And then yada, yada, yada. Somebody in the passenger side was playing with a katana. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> the LACMA was erected. <laughs> yeah, and now here we are. And now here we are. <laughs> great. Uh, okay, well, uh, this was great. Um, I think people can definitely go to La Brea Tar Pits, the Tar 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 Pit Pit Pit. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> uh, they can go to the Jar Jar Binks website and check out all that cool <laughs> stuff you guys have. Uh, you have ancient turkeys and horses yeah. and stuff like that. Turkey's one of our most common large birds that we have there, actually, because they're social and walk around on the ground. Great. So if you're really? walking around there. I didn't see a turkey when we, when we were there. We didn't really look much, if you remember. Gotta come back. I'm down. Yeah, well, let's go back. It's bing bong huge. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and right now, there's an, a special lot of mammoths and mastodons specifically, because we have a traveling exhibit in concert with the Chicago Field Museum that's specifically focusing on mammoths and mastodons. And it's through September, and it's quite lovely. And I recommend you come visit Absolutely. in that period of time. And I can show you that, too. Yes. Awesome. I want to see mastodon in concert. And, yeah, and Snowball, Snowball Earth, Earth is going to open. <laughs> and it's going to be great. <laughs> okay, great. Um, we do a little uh, uh, plug section. Obviously, the tar pits. Is there anything else you want to tell people about that they should check out? Oh, that was mostly it because okay. I didn't realize. I'm sorry. No, no, that's good. Perfect. I'm glad that we yeah. covered it that uh, several times because I really did. Natural plugs. We're digging all the time. Like, yeah. we're usually digging 361 days a year. Wow. That's another thing that people don't always remember. Yeah. Like, we are an active, ongoing, great. still work happening. New discoveries every day. Yeah. Love it. Love Very it. Very cool. Okay. Eric Julian Jackowitz, something you want to tell the, the folks at home about? Um, you can listen to our podcast, uh, Success Express. Yes. And when is this coming out? This is coming out Tuesday, a week from today. Okay. We are also in a band called The Cooties, and That's we're playing true. the Nashville Comedy Festival. Yes. On April 8th. April 9th. April 9th. Hey. Flying in April 8th. If you're in Nashville... Come on down. It's our first Cooties Nashville experience. It's going to be a fun time. Oh, yeah. And then... We're playing Ojai on Friday, but you won't be... You no, know. that's in the past now. Ojai was great. <laughs> thank, was you, great Ojai. thank you, Ojai. Thank you, Ojai. All right, awesome. Uh, thank you both so much. Uh, maybe we'll do an Ice Age 2 
Dawn of the Dinosaur? Is that Electric Boogaloo? I, I feel like a third one was Dinosaurs. But oh, okay. I have to check. Oh, Continental Drift? Yes. Wasn't that the second one? They kind of blurred together for me after the first one. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I honestly, I don't even think I've seen them. Oh. Yeah. Is that, am I making a mistake? We can have a movie party. Yeah. Okay. Ice Age 3, Tokyo Drift. Let's All do right. it. <laughs> we'll be back for Ice Age 3, Tokyo Drift. Thank you guys so much, and see you next time. All right. I thought I'd mix it up and do the credits with a vocal coder auto-tune sound. So here we go. One, one, two, two, three, three. Mad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh, Kate Baker, and Ine Gullet, all the social media producers. And the executive for Diego is Brett Kushner. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. Oh, oh. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye